This is Stories and Soundscapes in Lo-Fi, the Humber Galleries podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to take a look at The Breath of Distance, the current show at the Humber Galleries. The show was brought together by Alize Zorlutuna, our curator in residence. She brought together seven incredible contemporary artists across both galleries. These artists include Amber Williams King, Chunhua Catherine Dong, Petrina Ng, Soko Fong Nagash, Melissa Watson, Shelly Zhang, and Charlene Vickers. I got to talk to Soko Fong Nagash during the Breath of Distance opening reception. Soko's work was called Remedy in Practice, which was an installation at the gallery that included home remedies that were passed down from elders culturally. So my name is Soko Nagash. Um, I am, I guess, a person, a multimedia artist. I do a lot of things around like photography, film, um, installation work. Um, I work in documentary series uh, primarily uh, is what I do during the day, and then I play around with like experimenting with materials and and photos and images uh, by night. So yeah, it's a little bit about me um, for this. Uh, exhibition I decided to well in combination with talking with Elise we decided to kind of create um, a structural kind of sculptural version of a photo series that I did which was like a still life photo series called remedy and practice um, so this is like the real life version of it it was interesting because um, Elise uh, approached me and kind of said like I saw these photos and I have this idea that I think you should like you know, have it in real life and kind of explore what it would look like in a physical space and creating that and having the smells and having the textures in real life. So um, kudos to her for having that sort of inkling of an idea. And then I was like, I'll try it. Why not? So I thought it was a good idea, too. Okay, so I asked Soko, how did she keep all these ingredients in the gallery fresh? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Like some of the objects... um, are made to last a little while and we were very strategic about kind of restructuring it for this space. It wasn't exactly the same as what was in the photos but uh, I also secretly on the low low gave Alize some of the ingredients to replace. (laughs) Don't tell anybody but uh, some of the ingredients there's some extras to replace if it goes bad but I also think that's a part of the process. It's okay if you know the limes get a little bit hard or if, um, if, if the turmeric gets a little bit stale, um, I think that's a part of the process of like watching things decay as well. So I think that's fine as long as it doesn't start to like draw ants or anything like that, then it's cool. <laughs> I asked Soko to tell me a bit about how she gathered these remedy recipes. Uh, so these are basically just all like women in my community, women of color in my community that um, I know I, p- I put a posting out to kind of just reach out to people and see who'd be interested in sharing and who had kind of a remedy that was personal to them that that was significant to them in their childhood or that they brought into their adulthood um, that kind of represents um, something about either their lineage or their family um, or growing up so uh, yeah I kind of just put that call out there and a few friends got back to me these are three of like many um, kind of submissions that I received uh, and I kind of chose the ones that I thought would look best visually and kind of have the most like texture and color and be interesting and um, so yeah this is that's how I kind of got these ones um, 
and then I just asked them to kind of like talk to me about what the process was, like what was their most vivid memory tied to it, or um, how did their parent or elder prepare it for them, what were like the words of wisdom that they would give them in guiding them through how to do it, what were the things you had to make sure to do or not to do, um, all those kind of tidbits, and that's also included kind of in the text uh, that surrounds the work. What I gathered from talking to Soko was that health and rituals were a way to communicate and pass along the wisdom of your predecessors and your family. It was about intimacy of translation across generations, from parent to child or grandparent to child. I asked Soko, how does healing and self-care help language and tradition travel across those generations? Yeah, I think um, going through this project, one of the questions that I would ask myself is like, you know, when you're at your most vulnerable, when you're sick, when you're um, not 100%, what are like the things that I find myself going back to again and again? What are the traditions and practices that make me feel comfortable, that make me feel okay? that make me feel like I'm gonna make it. Um, and sometimes it's not the thing that's like most kind of uh, like scientifically proven to work as like, maybe there's not a ton of like medical research done into it as like, this will, will cure your cold. But um, for whatever reason, it's a comfort to me. Like whether it's Tiger Bomb, um, for me growing up as a, as a kid, my mom is Chinese, Tiger Bomb was like the thing that I'd reached to. And like, did it actually work? I actually don't know if it did anything, but I think it was the comfort in having it and the familiarity of it and the process of like my mom putting it on my stomach or on my back and like having that human touch factor in it as well. Um, so I think, during this process, uh, I was realizing kind of the importance of passing down practices, um, whether or not they have uh, kind of scientific evidence and, and research to back it up, because obviously that research is only done in like uh, in, in certain institutions and with like a Western perspective, um, so they're not often prioritized. So. To, to be able to trust without having that um, backup, I think was very important. And uh, yeah, I think like like with each practice, you feel you feel some element of uh, of lineage. So whether it's your mother or your father or your grandparent or their grandparents, sometimes we don't even know why we do certain things. It's just the way that they, that it's done and the way that we've been taught. I think all those lessons are carried in the body. So yeah, I feel like that's how it gets carried up. In Canadian culture, people tend to look at Western medicine as facts and all other medicines as suspect. How can we begin to challenge these standards? What role do natural and home remedies play in this healing? I'm, I'm no medicine expert, so I'm not sure like how to change that from sort of a, like a root, um, like how to change it at the root of, of the cause, but um, I think, the most important thing for me was that we remember them and that we practice them, you know, because otherwise, like I always think about this, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm the link right now for my family. If I'm not the one to carry it forward, if I'm not the one to practice this or to remember it or to photograph it or to, or to encapsulate it in some way, then it'll be forgotten, right? Because, because right now, like, we're the generation that will that will hold those things and carry it forward and we'll tell our children about it and um, teach our children about it. So I think really the most important thing in, in that sort of idea um, 
is just to just to keep practicing and to keep carrying things forward and to like remember the things that our parents say write down the things our parents say um, I'm a huge like archivist in my family and like I like to record things I like to interview my parents every now and then and ask them about things just to have a voice note to, to say we were here and to say this is what existed so I think whether it's like as simple as you know taking little videos on your phone or you know writing things down and writing recipes down and like making them known and sharing that with people um, yeah I think like that's that's as long as we're not forgetting is the main thing for me this was stories and soundscapes and lo-fi the Humber Galleries podcast this podcast was recorded on Humber's North Campus. We acknowledge the land that we're guests on. We acknowledge that Humber's central campus is located in Adobigo, place of the Alders in the Ojibwe language. It's uniquely situated along the Humber River watershed, which historically provided an integral connection for Aboriginal peoples between the Lakeshore of Ontario and the Lake Simcoe Georgian Bay region, known as the traditional territory of the Ojibwe Anishinaabe Aboriginal people. It includes several First Nations communities throughout the area. Thanks for listening and make sure to check out our other episodes.